0: Good afternoon Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Paul <laughs> is out of touch. Right, uh, yeah. Let me try the one again. No, you. man, that's cool. Don't worry about it. Dora is out of luck.
1: I'm calling for
0: the Gal Friday job. Are
2: you saying it? <clears throat> <clears throat> He's trying to fit in. That is a great hat. Did the producers of Fargo have a garage sale? Wait! <laughs> She's trying to get a break
0: about the ad for healthy girls with good SAT scores?
2: You can take your clothes off in there.
0: I don't know if that's even legal.
2: And the semester's just begun. Try not to be so much like
3: uh, <laughs> you. Whoa. Jerry Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come on, how about that? Looks
1: like you're banging your me pretty bad.
0: Uh, No, no, I'm fine.
1: Let's put some ice on it.
0: And all the girlies say I'm pretty
3: fly for a white guy. You gotta help me. Lisa is all prime, but her helpful friend, Fat Rita, will take her home unless she gets some action, too. Take one for the team.
0: You guys are amazing.
3: Thank you. you. You
2: Think you could turn
0: it down at
1: scoach? Scoach? What the hell is that?
2: He may not get it. She may not know it. What happened to the
0: nasty girl who hates everyone, huh? I don't know. I have fun with you. It's pretty dorky, huh? <laughs> Look who you're asking. But they just might be perfect for each other. Oh. Oh, hey. Sorry, um... Uh. This is a song of sushi. This summer, take your best shot. You have a girlfriend? Ex-girlfriend. She lost some weight, so she's dating
3: a lot more now.
1: So much for the afternoon.
3: But remember,
1: <laughs>
3: winning isn't everything. Ow. Hey done. Loser. If you could only kill one of the Backstreet Boys. Which would you pick? The one with the really creepy facial hair.
2: I think for alleged heterosexuals, you both know far too much about the Backstreet Boys.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White, and I'm joined once again by my good friend, Emmy Service. Say hello, Emmy. Hello, Emmy. So, Emmy picked the movie Loser. From two thousand, um, it starred what is Jason Priestley? Who is that guy?
4: No, 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 no. Jason Priestley was not on two hundred. Jason, Jason
3: Biggs. Biggs and Greg yeah. Kinnear, and who was the woman's yeah. name?
4: Mina, Mina Suvari.
3: Mina directed by Amy Heckerley You described this as a as a clusterfuck of terribleness.
4: I did. I stand by that assessment. This movie is awful. This movie, it's awful. But it's also ugly. It's an ugly movie.
3: What? what? Everyone. Is, Everyone terrible. is terrible. Everyone except is for, terrible. Except for yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Okay. He is the only non-terrible character in this movie, and he's hardly in it. In this this movie is sprinkled with cameos by comedians.
4: Oh my god! By comedians that are so much better than this movie. Like what? Because I I'd seen this movie back in the day ish when it came out Um, and I don't remember how I felt about it back then but I watched it again recently and didn't realize how many comedians were in this movie I was like with little bit parts and I'm like oh no 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 oh what are you doing here this you're so much better than this
3: well this was I'm sure Amy Heckerling called in favors for this movie
4: has she done something else I should know about I feel like
3: she's done something else she's done a lot of movies she did Fast Times at Ridgemont High
4: oh fuck she did Clueless Fuck. Okay. Well, now I'm even more upset because she's she She has done movies good movies. I have enjoyed her work before. But this, yeah, this is
3: an anti-man movie. You can't write and direct something like this. I this has to be some sort of something had to happen to her in her life. I believe this sounds like something that happened to her in her own life that she put on the screen. Because it's just
4: awful towards men. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I, uh, saying this movie is anti-man is like opening a can of worms. You're going to get a lot of comments in your your email. However, I will agree. She must have had some of these experiences. I, I almost want to say like she had all these various experiences throughout her life, and then she just kind of dumped them all within like a one month window for this movie. So it seems a lot it's like a a lot. It's a lot of terrible things. It's all the worst people you would ever meet in your life, all in one, like, month period of time. Um, Because, to be fair, men are terrible as a whole. There are exceptions, but in general, men are pretty terrible. Don't argue with this. This is fact.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Well, actually, the movie opens up with some non-terribleness.
4: It it opens up very lovely.
3: Jason Priestley gets accepted to...
4: Jason Biggs.
3: <laughs> he gets accepted to college in New York. Did they ever give the name of the college?
4: I don't think they do. We can. I think we can assume it's like NYU or Columbia or something. It seems like a prestigious school in New York City that he's got a, a scholarship for. A full-ride so,
3: scholarship. Um, he's from Podunk, yeah. wherever, and he got accepted to this prestigious university in New York. So they're yeah. the, the movie starts off with they're having a party. The family is here.
4: Well, but well before that, there it, before the movie literally opens with like the mailman driving down the street, and the entire family is waiting at the mailbox for the acceptance letter. And today's the day, and he gets it, and Jason Biggs says, "Sure is thick." And I went. <laughs> um, but then, made me wonder how many days were the were the whole family waiting at the mailbox and the letter didn't arrive. Like, <laughs> I wanted to know if this was just a a weekly or daily uh, treat they're all doing for like weeks on end until it finally. It had arrived to be the
3: unless they uh, unless the town is so small they only get deliveries once once a month.
4: Also possible.
3: And they're having a nice little party. And this there's this one scene. It's a minor scene, but it bothered me. His grandfather. Wants to give him some money. Uh-huh. It's uh, it, you know, New York is expensive. He's like, "Oh, Grandpa, I don't want your money." He's like, "You know," and Grandpa says, "Make an old man happy and take this money." And he takes it and then he slips it back into his grandfather's coat. And that mm-hmm. was a dick move. I know it's supposed. Wait, to, I know listen. it's supposed to look sweet, but it's not. I have. I've dealt with this, and I've had friends deal with this, where. You have older members of your family. They want to see you happy. They don't want you to get their money after they have died. They want you to give the money while they're alive so they can see you enjoy it. So by giving that money back to his grandfather, he actually denied his grandfather that joy.
4: But he did it so that his grandfather didn't know that he gave it back. So he so he still felt like he was helping. I would assume that in this instance, like they're such a podunk town. They clearly don't have a lot of money. And Jason Biggs is trying to be... Trying to provide for um, for his grandfather, make sure that he's not taking out of his own his grandfather's own
3: well. Mouth. I'm sure that, but so, unless grandfather is senile, he's going to know the exact same amount he gave to Jason Priestley goes back into his pocket.
4: Not necessarily. Sometimes I mean, you should, my mom's not senile, but like she forgets where she puts things all the time. Like she might find like a random. Anyway, point is, I can I see your point. I can also see Jason Biggs's point. This this didn't bother me. I did love the fact that Grandpa was like. Things are so expensive in New York. Parking costs eight dollars, and I went, "Oh, if only, <laughs> if only it still costs eight dollars." Then after that,
3: and we have the father-son between Jason Big.
4: No, 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 no. Before that, we have the most unnecessary. Oh, yeah. Well, ever.
3: they get in. And by the way, I hate all the haircuts. All the all the <laughs> late nineties, early two thousand haircuts, where it's split down the middle and it's flopping in their face. Mm. Everybody has that haircut, and I hate all the haircuts. In them. Yeah,
4: but they do this like Jason Biggs dances with like the ten year olds to the worst. It's almost like a parody of uh, Backstreet Boys and In Sync plus together. It's like it's this the worst song. I couldn't even tell if it was real, and it's like that. Awkward, cheesy. Like I'm gonna hang with the kids and look, and then oh gosh, sis, I'm sure you're gonna miss you. Like now, nah, look at you, shake my head, and then give you a big old forced hug, and then and then we go into the and dad, then we go the into scene, the dance. it a was sweet, a sweet scene. It's a sweet scene.
3: Dan, he's like apparently Jason. This Jason Biggs was the <laughs> first kid, you know, first family member ever to go to college. Dan Ackroyd <laughs> is very proud of him. They have a nice, sweet, tender moment.
2: Hey, y'all packed? Yep. Can I give you a hand? Yeah, we wiggle like tail section for me, just as coach, will you? Don't know what I'm gonna do around here without my wingman. Oh, I'll be back as soon as they catch on to me. Now, <laughs> yeah, what have they got to catch on to?
0: Well, it's a tough school, and 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 everyone else will be more used to the city. Did you know that one skyscraper has more people than the entire town of Claremont? And, and, and they're all real sophisticated, too. Y- you've seen that Seinfeld show, right? It's just like that. They've all got that, that
2: sarcastic kind of humor. And who was purported to be the funniest kid at Jackson High? I mean, you told me a joke the other day. It was hilarious. A, a, afraid not. String. Walks, walks into walks the bar. Drink. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You're a funny guy.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I- I mean, it's such a giant city. How can you possibly meet anyone?
2: You want the secret to making friends? Sure. I picked this up in the service. You will have a lot of buddies if you remember this one rule. Interested is interesting. Uh, what do you mean? Well, everybody's got a story, okay? And all they want is for somebody to listen to it. People are basically good. And if you care about them... They're going to want to be your friend. All you got to do is, is look at those people. Look when you're talking to someone. That's it. That's it. Look them in the eye. Focus. Hear their story. Hear what they've got to say. You do that, buddy, and you can do no wrong.
3: That is this, the last good thing in the movie.
4: Correct. Yes, they have a nice, sweet, tender moment despite the fact that Jason Biggs looks like he's reading off of cue cards because he's terrible. Terrible. Like, Dan is not just carrying him through this movie. He's just like... Dragging him through,
3: <laughs> and then we get the 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 montage of him coming to New York, mm-hmm. and everybody's a shithead. Everybody, yes. everybody's a dick. Everybody hates him. So we get that stereotype that all New Yorkers are a piece of shit. Eh, that's not
4: yeah, we. Yeah, you know, we're,
3: we're brusque. Yeah, obviously. but what, but once he gets into school, he's with fellow students, right?
4: Yes, correct. And I would say New Yorkers are, as a general, they're um, rude, but not necessarily outright mean. Like, New Yorkers might be like, get out of my way because I'm very busy and important and you're slowing me down. But they're not going to be like, hey, fuck, fuck your mother. Like, I don't I don't know exactly, but like, there's a difference between the rudeness and just downright mean. Because people in this movie are mean.
3: And then, we, yeah, he's he, he meets his roommates and his roommates are all dicks. Oh.
4: They're the They're worst. The worst. They are the They're worst. the worst. people in
3: the world. Then we get to Greg Kinnear. Oh, boy. So he's, and I know we've, and I'll preface this now. I know Jason Biggs is set up to be a sympathetic character. But all through my notes, I right. have written a sap, a sap, a sap. So basically what Amy Heckerling is saying is, if, that is you, if you're not a dick and you're a nice guy, you get walked over. You get people take mm-hmm. advantage of you. You just get shit on. So that's yeah. the message she is saying about being a nice guy.
4: He has moments where he tries to stand up for himself or tries to learn, but it—it's like because it comes a little bit later where there's like a scene where it's like, "Oh, okay, is he learning?" But then it's like yeah. Yeah. he's too—he's too trusting. I feel like he gives people too many chances because um, he's—he's sincere. He takes people at their word, and that's not how everyone else—that's not how the world is. But um, he, so he's very naive. He, that's part of he the is, problem. but. The people he's giving
3: second chances to are the worst people in the world. It's not like oh, it's correct. not like somebody made a mistake. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I stood you up. I got tied up. The the people he keeps giving second chances to are the worst people in the world. Yes. So you I, I, you can't feel bad for him because not it, you can only be naive for so long. Then you're just
4: stupid. Yeah. It's I think I think we like. Jason Biggs and Mina Suvari just out of lack of options. Like, we kind of are forced to be like, I guess I'm running for you because everyone else deserves that's, uh, Yeah, that's why bitch. you
3: need a Zagnut bar, because there's nothing left in the vending machine. <laughs> uh, and we, so we get to Greg Kinnear's class, and he's this sarcastic <laughs> professor, and Jason Biggs comes in and he typically, he rolls down the stairs like a buffoon.
4: Oh, oh. So, to, so before he, like, comes in and rolls down the stairs, there's the entire, like, opening sequence is the montage of moving to New York and meeting the terrible people. But also just, like, a blooper reel of Jason Biggs, like, bumping into people, falling down stairs, dropping things all over the place. It's basically making him look like he's the star of America's Funniest Home Videos. But when he, when he rolls into Greg Kinnear's class, this bugged the crap out of me because I'm like, Jason Biggs is not the kind of person who's going to show up late. He's going to be the first one there outside the door, ready with his notebook and pen. Um, And then I also had a very hard time believing that there was an empty seat next to me to <laughs> Like, there's going to be some other 18-year-old that's like, oh, cute chick. I will sit in that seat. So, we, so yes, you are correct. Because we have to set up. He is there on mm-hmm. a full
3: scholarship. So he has to keep, Right, I think, like a 3.6. He has to keep a... A something grade point average to keep, it because if he doesn't, he loses his scholarship. So yes, you're right. He would yeah. be, he would be there front row, book open. Yeah. He rolls down the stairs and he sits next to, what's her name?
4: Mi- Mi- Mina Savari.
3: And she's like, oh, it looks like you hurt your knee. How? He's wearing pants. I don't know how it looks like. And then, so she puts her iced beverage on his knee. So the yes. first nice person he meets is this totally hot, cute chick.
4: Just like real yep. life.
3: And then Greg Kinnear sees this and he calls him out. He makes fun of
4: her and him. Yeah. Greg Kinnear uh, in this scene basically seems like he's testing out a new type five. Like, I couldn't tell if he was trying to be a professor or a stand-up comedian. Like, he kept doing this, like, material and the class was like, ha, ha, ha. You're I, so funny. I know people like that. I think he... Leave it to the I think he was
3: I think he just wanted to be the, you know, because it's brought up that he's only 34 And he's been a professor Mm. since 24. So I think he, I think maybe he still thinks of himself as a 24-year-old professor. I'm still young. I'm still hip. I'm still cool.
4: Now I can look back and go, hey, 34 is still young and and cool. (laughs) And
3: he's so young and hip and cool that he's, that he's having, the next scene we find out that he's having an affair with, what's her name?
4: Well, it's not an affair because he's not married. But it is a, it is a scandalous relationship because yes, Greg Kinnear is involved with Mina Suvari. We get the idea that they've been together for at least. Well, here, here, like, okay, so the the timeline of this entire movie is very confusing because because we assume that the semester just started because Jason Biggs has just just went there. And then later or something, she's saying, oh, then what have we we've been doing all semester? But it seems like it, the semester just started. So, does, uh, were they together like last year before? Then I don't know. We it, we get the vibe that this has been going on for at least a few months, um, but it's kind of vague. But they're dating, ish. But it's secret, ish. Because he said he, and he like and in the next scene, like he says something about, um, like straight up the the board. Uh, it's not it's not like illegal. Like it's not. I wouldn't get. Um, it's not like outright. Uh, it's not illegal. Like, like, the, she's she's of age. It's not right. You're right, right. That's what she said. She said, I like, got 18, it's not illegal. And he's like, No, it's not, but the board like frowns upon it because of the power dynamic, and I would be taking advantage of your young impression of mind. And I'm like, Correct. This is exactly why this is just icky. The board is accurate. And yet here we are.
3: Then we go back to the to the dorm and they're doing a drinking game to to, to what
4: show is to Rhoda. Oh, that's what that Yeah, with Rhoda. Okay.
3: Jason Biggs, he's trying to study, and his roommate comes in, basically says nobody likes you because so he's There's four people in this in his dorm or whatever. He's got three mm. roommates, so it's him and three others, and the yeah. three others are rich kids whose parents are paying their way, and they don't have to go to class, they don't have to pay attention. They're just there basically to, to goof up.
4: They're the they're the most entitled bullshit yes. children. Um, I hate them all. Like even the even the least obnoxious one is still terrible, and that's like. Yeah. And I
3: also, to me, this seemed like it's. It was set in two thousand, but it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know because it seemed like oh that's so gay, that's so gay, that's so queer. Oh, that's retarded. Yeah. Uh, and then and there's yep. a scene where he makes fun of a a, a fat girl. You got to take it's like that's 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 the
4: eighties right there, and this is two thousand. Oh, that was the. No- that was the '90s, also. There was a ton of that right. in the '90s. Oh yeah, like we started to kind of come away from that in the in the 2000s, but this was, but like 2000 2000 is still basically like the '90s. So, so that was very much uh, a testament of the time that did not age well. So much of this movie does not age well. But yeah, no, the, the that's so gay, and the yeah, that
3: basically his roommate tells me. him if you want to be liked, just don't be don't be you. Don't study, don't work hard, just slack off, and show up with beer. That's the advice Mm -hmm. his roommate did.
4: Which is solid sarcasm, in case that didn't convey.
3: So then uh, we cut to, her name is Dora, the character. Yes, correct. So we cut to Dora, she's working as a waitress in a strip club, and then we get the second cameo by Stephen Wright.
4: That's who that was. Okay, I knew I knew him. I was like, I know this guy. I just can't think of who he is. Okay.
3: And Stephen Wright, yes, he wants to buy her panties. Okay. The only reason this scene is somewhat funny is because of Stephen Wright. If you know who Stephen Wright is and you know his work, he's just, you know, he's just mm-hmm. very low-key. He His material, he's just low, low, low-key. And he just wants to buy her panties panties and she's like no sir just buy a drink i'll pay you 60 dollars for your panties Um,
4: (laughs) buy a drink and i'll think about it so then a
3: more older waitress comes up
4: but she's also someone because i remember i remember her from legally blonde and the brady bunch movie um so she's like a like a funny character actress also but i don't remember her name off the top of my head but but she's like definitely been she's like a that girl she's been in lots of things i just can't think of her name
3: well then Um, we cut to the manager of the strip club, and that's Bobby Slayton, who was another stand-up comedy. Ah, oh, so okay. all these comedians, Bobby Slayton's. You're forty dollars short. She's like, "Well, I need that money to get home." He's like, cry me a river."
4: He, he, like every again, every one of this movie is just mean because she's saying, "Please count my drawer. I gotta go. If I miss this last train, I can't get home." I assume she lives, like, either in Jersey or, or Long Island or something because she's taking the train in, in and out. Um So, like, not only is he holding her up, but then he, like, said, yeah, you're 40 bucks short. Not a, not like a we'll deal with it later or I, I'm sure it's a mistake. He basically makes her give him $40 to balance out the drawer. But also, how the fuck did he count that drawer so fast? Like, that is not, you can't count a drawer in 10 seconds by looking at a couple of receipts. But anyway. So he, they fight so she finally goes and she like runs and runs for the train and of course she misses the train.
3: Yeah, and then she calls her mom.
4: This is the one scene that I actually thought was pretty funny.
3: Yeah. And it's dated too because we first of all it's payphones. Pay phones. It's <laughs> payphones, but later yeah. in the movie we get the beginning of cell phones, but right. it's a payphone, she calls her mom. She's lying to her mom. We
4: were we were studying late so and like I was I didn't want to like come home late and like wake you up so I'm just going to stay at, you know, my friend's at the, house. Not at my friend's,
3: friend's dorms or yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: And then she hangs up, and she's got this homeless woman next to her. Just hang on for a second. She's going to star 69. And...
4: Which was great because I was like, "Oh, there it is." Ex- ex- explain,
3: <laughs> explain Star sixty nine to our younger listeners, which we have none of.
4: Back <laughs> back in the day of the nineties and uh, early aughts, uh, before we had cell phones and we, before we had caller ID, or if you were you know poor and didn't have caller ID, because that was me, you could use the feature Star sixty nine, which is um, uh, which is you basically you missed a you miss a phone call, you don't know who called you just star six nine and then it calls back the number that just called you. And the catchphrase was not in time, press star six nine. And then there was another one. It was like, don't want to wait, press star six eight. And that was like, it would like interrupt the busy signal or something like that. Um, Yeah. So star six nine is something that like very quickly did not become necessary, but, it was a beautiful little time copy. It was
3: really fashionable for a very short time.
4: For a very short time. Because it also like cost like three.
3: Something $3 like, per yeah, it, it, it actually cost you.
4: It wasn't she, it yeah. wasn't free. Yeah.
3: She calls, she's star six nines, her mom does, and this homeless work. Mm-hmm. So she just happens to find a homeless person who speaks proper English. This woman could teach speech therapy at, at Harvard. <laughs> That's how well this homeless person talked.
4: I mean, it's not, just because someone is homeless does not mean that one does not know how to speak with elocution, uh, eloquation. eloquation elo- elocution. There it is. Yep,
3: that Are you sure was sure you're not homeless? Perfect. Nope. And it's like, yes, this is the dorm. And uh, Dora ends up sleeping in Grand Central Station.
4: Yeah, which is real, which looked a lot cleaner and nicer and safer than it actually is. So in this movie reality, she was perfectly fine. But in reality...
3: And then we get a we get a short scene with Jason Biggs and Jason's name is Paul so Jason's character is Paul what's her name is Dora Mina Savari
4: that before we, before we move back on to Paul I still I still don't understand when she missed the train why the fuck didn't she just go to Greg Canne because apartment? he doesn't like, want, want her there yeah right they have like, they have this conversation later about how he doesn't want her there like she he just want her to move in and obviously that's that's fine but it's like why can't he be the person where, like, in this situation, if she misses the train and she's literally stranded, then he can she can go and just sleep there for the night? Like, I don't understand that don't at all. Because, because Great Kinnear a is dick. a
3: giant dick. That is that Correct. is the only, like the only reason.
4: reason.
3: And yeah. it's gonna yeah, it's well, gonna, gonna become here, apparent I later.
4: Oh no, it's apparent immediately. <laughs>
3: but it's gonna become apparent later that he just gets dickier. Uh, <laughs> dick. I hate the character that Great Kinnear plays. But he plays it beautifully.
4: Mm. Oh, he does. He's very good He's at playing. He's very slimy, good. I, uh, pretentious bastard. I
3: have. This is one of those weird things where I have no problem. The actors played the roles that they were given to a T. I just hate all the characters. I just hate them.
4: Oh, correct. Yes, yes. Uh, I would say that Mina Suvari and Jason Biggs are actually like the worst actors of the entire group, but they're the most likable characters
3: by a margin. Because, like you said, because. We have no one else to root for. I mean,
4: well, yeah. I mean they're they're the most they're the most likable by a by a wide margin. But like, but also everyone but it's but it's because everyone else is just so terrible. Like, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't take a lot to be like miles ahead of everybody no. else.
3: Then we have a short scene once again. Oh, I met this girl. She's got a pierced tongue. That means she's gay. And then they talk to. Paul, what do you think about pierced tongues? And he's like, I don't really have a, an opinion on it. And he goes in. He's like, where's my toothbrush? And they no, put goodness. a used condom over his tooth. You know, he finds his toothbrush in the, in the garbage. And he pulls it up and there's a used condom wrapped around it. Like,
4: it just, it's just weird. It's kind of like, I don't even know in what. It's, yeah, Why? Just like, peel it. Peel it off with a toothbrush. I don't
3: even this know. This is just like, why are you doing, if you don't like him, just ignore him.
4: They said something earlier when they were like, because they're talking about the tongue person that they're like, oh, let's ask Paul. Paul will know. And they're like, oh, and then they go like pretending. Oh, hey, we're on the Dr. Drew show with Paul from Seattle. Hey, Paul. And I, and when they said that, I was like, is Paul supposed to be from Seattle? Because Seattle is not a hick town. And Paul clearly looks like he's from a hick no, town. I no, think, I think that so was I,
3: just a city they pulled out of their ass. Dora tries to get student aid. She tries to get student aid and they say, well, you can't, you don't qualify for student aid. The only way you get, Qualified for student aid is if you get emancipated from your parents. So if your parents don't claim you
4: before before that, because because uh, uh, she sees this one woman about the financial aid. Um, oh no, no, you're you're right. She, that was it was one that said that. Because in the next scene, and is the with next Andy, scene is with Andy. Dick, the, the, yes. But the thing that the woman says that is so fucking harsh is because she's trying to be like you don't qualify for financial aid because of your parents. They like they claim you and da 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 da. And then Minasubara is like, oh, but I'm stuck in this loop. I don't I I don't know how to get out of this loop. And then the woman says, not everyone who's accepted can actually attend this school. And I'm just like, that's so harsh. Like I guess you're not wrong, but damn, lady, compassion. And she's still the, one of the more likable characters. This. But then the next scene is her going to try and, like, try to get emancipated, emancipated from Andy then.
3: Dick. It basically, he says, you can't be emancipated. You have to have a place to live before you can be emancipated. And she goes, I can't afford a place yeah. to live. And then he's basically saying, well, tough shit. You got to have a place to live before. So you have to have a permanent address before you can get emancipated.
4: Right. We're not going to emancipate you to go live on the streets, which is valid. Yes, that which way. is valid. <laughs> but. but the other thing is, she's 18. Does she need to be emancipated? Isn't she legally an adult now that, like, she doesn't, like I thought, emancipated was if you're under the age of eighteen. The other thing with this scene is Zandy Dick is like being obnoxious and being rude, but not being wrong. He's being he's, he's being her. helpful. I wouldn't say he's helpful, but he has been giving her facts. But he's but for whatever reason, he, his character is just unnecessarily disgusting. Like he's like drinking prune juice and eating fi- like um like figs or something, or, pr- or just eating prunes. But then he like starts hacking and like coughing, and then just like hacks up a prune. At Minusuvari, and then just like doing that, like really exaggerated, like snorting kind of snut. It was just I didn't understand why <laughs> there was no because need he's, for him because to be he's disgusting. Andy
3: Dick, and it's going to be hilarious.
4: Mm-hmm. Is it?
3: I, I, oh man, I I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. And by the way, I'm going yeah. to mention right now, I did not laugh at all during this. I oh, did not no. laugh at oh, no, anything. No, no. I recognized what was supposed to be funny, correct? But I did not laugh at all. All these funny people in there, not one bit.
4: I think the closest I got to laugh was when the the homeless woman picked up the phone and went, "Hello, Whitman Dormitory Residence, the so and so," and I went, "Huh." I think that was the closest that I got.
3: <laughs> then the next scene is Paul's three roommates are like, "We just got to get him out."
4: Oh, but the, but the but the but the thing is, the the scene starts off where. Jason Biggs is in bed and one of the kids, I forget, there's like two kids and they're kind of like interchangeable. One of them fell asleep with a cigarette on a waterbed. So the cigarette's now burned through the waterbed. And it's now dripping water all over Jason Biggs. And, uh, and, and they, and he wakes up and he's like, oh no, help, we gotta fix it. And they wake up, they're all laughing hysterically and basically leave Jason Biggs to deal with this mess, even though they brought it in like when they shouldn't have, because they wasn't allowed because of this bullshit. And then just another instance of like being terrible to him. And, and he just cleans up their mess again. And this is this is part. This is why, even though Jason Biggs is supposed to be the likable character, it's hard to because he just takes it. He just so
3: takes long. it, and it's just. Sometimes I disliked him more than the bullies because you know what? If, if, well, well, I mean, not maybe that was a little too too long, but it's like you know what? If, there, <laughs> if well, you're well, just going to keep taking it, if you're going to like, keep taking it, then there's nothing anybody can do for you. All the three roommates it's like we got to get him out. And mm-hmm.
4: we tried to include him. Which well, is hilarious. yeah. So that was the best yeah. joke of the movie. They
3: bring in somebody. I I don't know. They br-
4: it's I it was their RA because like in the very beginning during the montage, Jason Biggs being awkward does like a weird handshaky thing. Um, and then so I, I assume that that's like the, the, the dorm RA um, because the later it's that guy who's in on this meeting with them. They say they, they basically it's like, well, he makes
3: derogatory you know, he talks bad about minorities.
4: Well, well I, okay, so to so to back up. So these three these douchebags are wearing like the the most 99 2000s outfits Ever like their hair is like the droopy Backstreet Boys hair they've got like the pleather pants And like furry vests and like The uh Oakley sunglasses like they're They just look very boyish douchey. They, look like douchey. 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 they look douchey But for this meeting they've all traded that They're wearing fake glasses they've got On like little sweater vests and Bow ties and like blazers and are Clearly like playing this role of well, you know, we just, we we tried to reconcile with Paul, but there's just these things that we just can't look at. He doesn't, we all have a chore reel. He doesn't do his chores. His body, uh, his body odor is becoming a problem, and it's just bullshit, across the board bullshit. And... And it's just, and the, and the R.A.'s just eating it up. And they go, like, and he's, like, we all believe in freedom of speech, but sometimes I think that derogatory, you know, statements are, are like, ear pollution. And it's just, and then the is looking at Jason Biggs like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and Jason Biggs is just sitting there, not saying anything. With a six-pack, because he had just gotten a six-pack to try and, like, hang yeah. with the guys. Uh,
3: so, yeah, once again, if, you know what, if you're going to sit there like a doormat, even if you're going to get kicked out, have your say.
4: But this is the one instance where I'm like, he sort of like figured it out eventually because then it looks because the, the RA is like, well, what if we like we work on some compromises and we kind of check in again in a couple of weeks and the three douchebags all open their mouths as if to go, ah, I don't know. And then Jason Biggs jumps right in and he's like, well, you know what? I love being racist and I hate shores and, you know, uh, indoor plumbing is too fancy. So I should just live by myself. So that's at like the one moment of. It seems like he's not sticking up for himself because he didn't, like, say to the RA, right, this is all bullshit. But at least he kind of figured out, all right, I think I need to be away from these jackasses. So that's, like, the one instance so far where he's sort of, like, had a pair.
3: Uh, barely. Uh, but then he, he's, he takes them right back, and we'll get to that.
4: Oh, by the way, I literally just wrote in my notes. This is just a sentence I just wrote. I hate everyone in
3: this movie. Yeah. Well, we cut back to Dora, and she is she just got fired from her job at the strip club
4: because she because she doesn't make enough money, even though she's all the way at the back, which is kind of like they don't give her a fair deal. But they they have no no sympathy for her. They won't Dora even let her, her
3: finish the night.
4: No, which is such a, again. Everyone's so mean. And the and the the comedian uh character actor lady who's like sort of a friend, she is trying to stand up for her. So you know what? She's probably the best character in this whole movie. Because she's actually trying to help Dora take her under her wing, get her, get her to make better tips, get it, trying to get her to keep the job. She's we found we found the best person in this whole movie. It's that yeah. it's that lady. That um but to no avail. That lady. <laughs> She, uh, I'm going to look up, because she deserves to be named. I'm going to find her name. Well, anyway, so
3: while you're looking, Paul, Jason Biggs, he moves into a veterinarian? Yeah. Yes. So this veterinarian has a spare room in the back, so he moved off campus, off campus into the spare room at this veterinarian's I guess he's going to help out there as well?
4: With this And this part was very weird, because, like... So, so they had they were they were low on student housing, so they give him the extra spare room at the vet place. But then they were like, and then also work there while you're staying there. He's not a veterinary student, no. So that was like a weird move. So uh, her, so the character's name or the actress's name is Twink Kaplan. She was in Look Who's Talking One and Two. She was uh, the teacher, clueless, who marries Walsh Shawn. So obviously, Amy
3: Heckerling. Uh, Uses people over and over again because those are the movies that she's directed. Because cool. she she directed. Exactly. Look who's talking and one and two. She directed oh, did both she? of those.
4: Motherfucker. Okay. All right. Okay. Now I'm really upset at Amy. <laughs> she, she deserves better than this. Um, okay. So and so so but like but the vet is also just me. Like and the vet I recognize from another like Night at the Roxbury, which now I'm seeing is another is on here too. So again, so much must have been Amy Herculane. Um, but like the vets mean, it's like oh yeah, come over here. Like here, take this stupid cat. Man, these things are so annoying. And then, and they're just like here, do vet work, even though you're not qualified at all.
3: So at this point, we see we have a scene post coitus, 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 coital, post coital Post-coital Post-coital? with Greg yeah. Kinnear and Dora, mm-hmm. and she wants she broaches mm-hmm. the subject of. Can I just stay here? And he's like, yeah. no.
4: And she's she's not saying, can I move in? She's not saying, can I move in and be girlfriend and it'll be wonderful. And she's saying, can I literally just crash on the couch so that I don't have to like waste money going back and forth and I can just get a job and not live on the street? That's all she's saying. <laughs> and he's saying no.
3: The same problem I have with Jason Biggs, I have with her. If you're going to allow him to treat you like shit... I, there's nothing I can do for you.
4: And it's so interesting because she, like, uh, Mina Suvari has this thing throughout the movie where she lays like, really good about saying exactly what the issue is. She's pinpointed it because she says to him, uh, because Greg is like, oh, you know, I just, our love is so great and fresh and I don't want to ruin it. I'd I'd rather keep it the way it is. And she says, you love me too much that you'd rather see me sleep on the street than drop out of school. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah. And so that's, like, literally what he's, He's showing you his true colors and, and she's, she's, like, in- and oh, she's and ignoring I it. Love.
3: What's that what's that old yeah, exactly. quote? If somebody tells you who they are, listen to them. Yeah, believe, believe them. them. Yeah. That's exactly what he's doing. Yep. And she's just they...
4: yep. I don't understand. Yeah. I again again it's like makes her less likable because he's so clearly an asshole and she's just going all along with it, which is infuriating.
3: Then we cut to the cafeteria where he is eating And she is drinking creamers and eating honey.
4: She's been eating honey uh, throughout this movie. And this is the weirdest fucking character trait to give someone.
3: I don't think she has food. I think she's just drinking creamers and eating honey because it's free.
4: Yeah. Oh, no. There's definitely for, like, drinking the creamers because it's free. But, like, honey's not... It's not food. It's just sugar. It's not, like... I don't don't know. Like, I... But I don't... uh, I don't know. Anyway. um, But I'll also say... The only the only scene so far that Jason Biggs and Mina Suvari have had together is in the very beginning when he fell down the stairs and she put ice on his knee. And she said, oh, it looks like you banged up your knee. Let's ice it. You want some honey? And that's like the only thing they said to each other the entire time so far. We're like 40 minutes right. into
3: this movie. Well, she's got to go on a job interview. What we 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 forgot to mention that earlier in the movie, um, Jason Biggs has bought tickets to this concert.
4: So when when he fell down the stairs and she's icing his knee... He looks at her textbook and she's got Everclear stickers on it, like two of them. So he's like, oh, Everclear. Hmm. Don't know what that is, but hmm." and then later he's looking at something in the paper and sees uh, an advertisement that Everclear is coming to play a concert. And so this I couldn't decide if this was like creepy or sweet, but like he went and bought tickets for the Everclear concert to ask this girl that he's literally had like three sentences with.
3: Um, Also, he is on. It's made clear through this entire movie, yes. that he is on a strict budget. He does not have any yes. extra money to spend. None whatsoever. Correct. And he is going to spend money on yep. these tickets to this girl that he's had three sentences. Correct.
4: Yes. This is wildly inconsistent. Right. Well. Yep. And again, while they're at, again, Mina Subari, like, pointing out the obvious. She's eating the honey, drinking the creamer. He comes over. They, like, have an actual conversation. And he asks her to the concert. And then she says, like, why are you asking me? You don't even know me. (laughs) So again, she's very intelligent and observant. She just ignores herself.
0: Say, uh, do you know this group Everclear?
4: Are you kidding? They're my favorite. They are? Yeah,
0: I love self-loathing complaint rocks you can dance to. Do you want to see them tonight? Because I've got two tickets I came across. Shut up! Ah, but you know, I've got these three interviews. But there's an opening act, right? Uh, yeah, 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 there's an opening in. Can I meet you there at 9.30? 9.30. 9.30 would be great. Yeah. But, but here, you know what, why don't you take one and if your interviews, you know, they go long. Yeah, hey, I you can just, just, you could, know, just, you know, I can just, meet you inside. meet me inside, yeah. right. Thanks. Now don't go scalping that. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, why did you ask me? I mean, you hardly know me. Well sure I do, I, I know you're smart, uh, you care w- when people bang up their knees, uh, you don't waste money on food when you can get free honey, uh, you're cute, you take a train from somewhere, right, the, the number six, I know that. Alright, um... alright, I'll, I'll meet you there.
1: Um...
0: Uh, Paul. Paul.
4: Paul. I'm Dora. I'll see you, Paul.
0: Yeah, I'll see you, Dora.
4: So, so she, he, she asked her to the concert. She was like, oh, I can't, I have to go on these job interviews, but there's an opener so I can meet you there, uh, a little bit later if that's okay. He's like, yeah, sure. Here, why don't you take the ticket? That way you can meet me inside just in case, um, so there's no issue. So, so that's like why she doesn't just go with him right there. Um, but I think we, I think we We did skip over a a part. We skipped
3: over a part where the three douchebags are like, we're not getting enough sex. So, what we do what we got to do? Another thing we forgot is a student has died. He drank too much or he smoked right. too much or something like that.
4: Well, it was actually kind of because they mentioned like a few different things. So, it, I'm actually not sure if he like OD'd or if he committed suicide. Like, they kind of said very, they things. said very,
3: so I, d- 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 the campus is like a strict no drugs, no drinking policy. And so the three mm-hmm. douchebags are like, well, if we throw a party, we may get busted. How about if we throw a fundraiser? Yeah, you know, and the, like chicks mm-hmm. are always come out to a fundraiser. Where are we gonna have it? Mm-hmm. So then they go back to Paul and they soft sold right. him.
4: They send they send the least douchey of the douchey ones, who is still very douchey, but he's like, he's the one that talked to him earlier about like, try not to be so you and then maybe you'll be cool. And and I had this I like I had this thought of like I'm actually not sure if if douche number three genuinely thinks he's helping by, like, being so blunt and mean to his face, if he, like, is actually kind of sincere in him telling him this stuff, or if he's just the most manipulative of the three and he's really good at playing that, like, Oh, I want you to hang out with us and like be one of the groups. Like, what? I thought you were. Yeah, it's, joke. that's, I, that's what, what he said. What it, was I, it was a joke. It was a joke, and he falls yeah. for it.
3: So now they're going to have this quote unquote fundraiser in the veterinarians' office. but he's not going to be there because that's the night of the concert. But he
4: right, and but they but they also told Paul that like him getting quote unquote kicked out was the plan the entire time because they needed a place off campus to have a party. We thought so-and-so told you this was the plan. And that guy's like, yeah, whoops, my bad. Nah. It was totally not the plan, but that's how they're spreading right. this. And, and again, Jason Biggs is like, yeah, that checks out. So now we're caught up to the night where they, there's all setting up the the fundraiser, quote unquote fundraiser. So that all the, the douchebags, Jason Biggs are at the vet. It actually looks very nice. They put lights everywhere. Um, uh, and they have a moment of like, oh, don't go in there; it's sterile. Okay. Oh, look, all the drugs are just unlocked, which was so, so infuriating that the the pharmacy cabinet was just open. I'm like, there's no fucking way that was open. <laughs> Jason Big just goes, all right. Well, I'm off for my date. You all seem trustworthy. Yeah, he's such a he sap. Leaves. So
3: we cut to a. C- this is convenient <laughs> writing where she's applying for a job at a convenience store. At the exact moment where one of the douchebags is buying beer.
4: There's a few of these moments. I have one written down for later. And yeah.
3: the the owner is like, well, no, no. It's too dangerous for a woman to work at night. And she goes, you can't do that. And then the douchebag pretends to stand up for her. It's like, yeah, dude, that's sexual discrimination. You can't do that. And they both walk out.
4: Mm. The one scene where this douchebag seems like a normal person. And while while he's probably like correct, you probably like can't legit say, I can't hire you for this position because you're a woman. But I also like, Yeah, mm, but it's like a... The graveyard shift at convenience store in New York City. I kind of get that. Like that's that's a.
3: He's not doing it because he's sexist. He's doing it because I really think that something might happen to you.
4: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And like so, there's this brief scene between um, douche number one and Minasubari where he's doing a really good interpretation of a human (laughs) being. Yes. They (laughs) know how to turn it on. The the regulars know how to turn
3: it on and turn it off. And those are the most dangerous people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and he's told, hey, we're having a fundraiser for animals. You want to come by?
4: Oh, I, I would, but I have a date, so I know I I, I got to meet him, so, like, I would. It sounds nice, though. And
3: You can stop by for a little bit. Sure, okay. So he convinces her to go to the fundraiser. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, he's like, coming out of the cold while you wait for your date. Which, again, like, sounds like, yes, that's sure. Seems innocent It seems enough, innocent enough. We know better.
3: Apparently, the three douchebags are roofing the women. Oh, yeah. Dora, she gets, so she's not feeling well, because she's getting, she's getting woofied. Yeah. And while yeah. this is happening, we see Jason, we see Paul, Jason Biggs, at the concert, and he's like, oh, don't know if I'm going to be able to find my date with all these people here. And, oh, God, you poor
4: He says to total strangers on line.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: And then he goes and buys two t-shirts with the money that he's not that he's supposed, not to, be supposed to be spending on anything other right. than food.
3: Yeah. Now, she doesn't make it to the concert, but it it is not her fault. She.
4: That is not her fault. fault. No, 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 no. Not at all.
3: They've roofied her and one of the douchebags, he's ready to date rape her. And then the other douchebag goes, oh, I want to date rape this woman. But she's with her fat friend, Fat Rita.
4: And the friend is not fat. The friend has like a haircut that is not very flattering for her face. But like, she's not fat. And I'm just like, this is rude as fuck. You guys are assholes.
3: He's like, well, okay, well, I'll fuck Fat Rita and TV. You owe me one, dude. And then at this point, Dora gets, she starts, she's getting sick. She- this
4: is my fa- favorite part of the movie is, like, is not the right phrase. But like, this is the, the one sequence that I was like, this was, this was kind of well done. Cause she starts like walking and the camera's in front of her face. So we're kind of moving and we're seeing her as she's going around. And she's like looking around what's happening at the party and like and it's mayhem like they're in the sterile area they're putting like a- a- hats on the animals and they're in the pharmacy and people are like having fake surgery and like women are in like their bras but like it's they do this thing where they um the scene is normal speed and then she like turns over then things get all like hyperspeed and it's like hey what's going on and like the girls are dancing like it's really fast Then one of the douchebags come over and has this really fast conversation they're like oh hey girl! And then it like goes I liked that. I just liked that. I thought that was well done for that scene. Um, that is, I think, the only piece of filmmaking that stuck out to me at all.
3: Naturally, the douchebags <coughs> don't clean up. Everybody leaves. Of course not. Oh. Jason Biggs shows up. Dora is slumped over the toilet. And he thinks she's just passed out. But then he realizes that she's in trouble. He gets her into a cab. He drives her to the hospital. And he gets out of the cab. And he gives the cab driver money. He goes, "That's all I have." Is a New York cab driver just gonna take that and go?
4: I mean, I in most situations probably not. But he did drop him at the hospital, so he might go, hey, "I, yeah, all right." Like, like I said, New Yorkers are rude, but we're not like heartless by nature. But also, I, but so speaking of heartless, I still am just flabbergasted that at all those people at that party, not one person saw this passed out girl in the bathroom and thought to call 911. Like, come on.
3: In all honesty, the women were, they were roofy. Uh, the other women were goofy too. I mean... Yeah, that's true. Um,
4: but, like, there, you would think there'd be, like, one decent guy in there that... Were, well, that if they're hanging out with these
3: guys, probably not.
4: Also a fair point.
3: Um, ta- you know, he takes to the doctor. There's a, this one scene where he's waiting for the doctor, and there's a, a, a guy in there. He's handcuffed to a cop, and they're watching television.
4: It almost looks like the guy's shot yeah. in the head. Like, I knew he couldn't be, but it look, he's got blood yeah. dripping as though he was shot in the head. I'm like... What and they're showing a
3: commercial like... about the hairspray for bald guys, mm. and the hair, hair hair in a can. A can And he goes, "Going bald sucks." And I'm like, "Well, because I'm going yeah. bald in the back." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Going bald sucks." <laughs> but
4: then, but then again, this like very unnecessary little bit where Jason Biggs clearly like it's just in his character that he just like has random information that he just says because he's like not even looking at the guy; he's just looking at his hands and just out of nowhere, just in response, just goes, you know, they say it's from your mother's side. And, like, poor, poor Jason Biggs just says this randomly, and the guy, like, what are you trying to say about my mother? My mom's got hair! And he, like, almost starts to kick his ass. Thankfully, the doctor comes out. The doctor
3: comes out and says that Greg Kinnear, Professor Alcott, was her emergency contact. And when Mm -hmm. they called him, he said that he didn't know
4: her. Which is, like, we, we already knew he was a dick. Now he's just, like, crossed a new threshold of right. dickory.
3: And then the doctor's like this, you have any family? He's like, I don't know any family It's like, well we can't keep her here. I'll take her.
4: What and why why couldn't they keep her there? Like, I don't why know. Didn't they keep her I don't for, know. For observation. That also made no sense.
3: Why would you release a woman who is unconscious?
4: To a non-family member. Like, it was, why would? You, why are they not keeping her overnight for observation? Why are they releasing her to this guy who says he's her boyfriend and it's not a family member? There's no proof. That's, like, highly yeah. sketchy. That's a woman go missing.
3: It has to be against the law to release a person who is unconscious.
4: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because, like, how even, like, would he get her back to the... Well, it, none, none of that made any sense. Made, like, like, there's no reality. What convenience! <laughs> there's,
3: there's so much, so of, much that. of that. And I've got, I'm going to mention some, a real one. A real big one uh, later. Well,
4: I know this one, like, there's one. There's a couple. Like, that, I, there's I, this. Noted. There's a. There's a. So many of them. This script is so lazy. It, it, um, from a competent filmmaker. I don't know. I know. I think maybe like everyone across the board like owed somebody because like because like all the people in this movie that are good actors that did this piece of shit and then Amy Herrickling who apparently has done a lot of really good movies. Is now doing this. So, like, someone somewhere, I don't know, has dirt on somebody Yeah. Something. So So he takes her back to his place and, like, tucks her into his bed, which is, like, sweet but also creepy. Because she still doesn't know him. They've had now, like, two conversations and that's it. Like, I think literally in their last conversation they finally told each other their names. They
3: did! They didn't! He asked her out before they knew each other's names. Okay. Douchebag number three comes by.
4: Right. Oh, that's And right. yes, 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 Jason yes, Biggs yes. is like, What did you give she- him? Oh, we just gave him beer. And not- oh, then Jason Biggs goes, You can't pass out from beer. And I'm like,
3: Bro. <laughs> well, Jason Biggs lets it slip that, oh, Professor Alcott was her emergency contact, and he doesn't want anything to do with her. You can mm-hmm. literally see the light bulb. He's like,
4: what? The hamster starts racing on the wheel.
3: I, I'm sure you called it the minute I, I called it. It's like, oh, he's going to blackmail the... And that's what they made.
4: Oh, 100%. And this is this is the point where I went, okay, I think douchebag number three is the most manipulative one of the bunch, because he's the one that seems the most sincere most often. But then pulls this sort of shit so so he comes he comes in to quote unquote help him clean comes in sees that she's here oh is, and he's like oh what chick was here last night oh her oh everyone's been to club dora and he's like ooh let just she was she came in looking to party she was passed out because of something something she like did drugs by herself we didn't know what to do with the oh if we known that it was her you were going out with we would have steered you away bullshit 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 bullshit, bullshit.
3: Bullshit! Bullshit! Bullshit!
4: Yeah. So he leaves to go do his evil plotting. Doesn't help clean. Doesn't help clean. Comes anything. in to help clean and then leaves without cleaning it. Uh,
3: my notes are a little sketchy here because I, I was just like waiting for this movie to be over.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's still like a half an hour oh, left. Oh, 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 like for this is this is like the longest ninety minute movie. So ever.
3: I watched it on YouTube and it was <laughs> broken up in eight minute chunks. Oh, but yeah. You know what? Maybe this is the best way to watch that movie because you need a breather out. Oh God. I yeah. need a cat video. The three douchebags uh, are like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll drop the, the class that no. we're failing, you know, the class that we're doing the worst in. We're going to drop that. We'll take Professor Alcott's class. Boom. Easy, easy a. a.
4: And this is douchebag number three, who he now has established is the most method yeah. of one because he just learned this information. And the other two are like, why are we going to get an A in his class? And he's like, I'm so glad that you asked me that. Dot, dot, dot.
3: So then Paul shows up at the professor's class. And the professor, Greg Kinnear, thinks right. he's in on it, too. And you're just like, you know what? I'll give you the same deal I gave your friends. Jason Biggs, Paul doesn't know what's going on. He's like, you know that you're her emergency contact, and Greg Kinnear makes it sound like, oh well, she's got a schoolgirl crush on me. What am I gonna do?
4: And and the way it's it's like framed is Jason Biggs thinks that he's there to like talk about her health and like he's worried about her. She was roofied. She's not well. You, she clearly like you're her person. Um, and Greg, and Greg Kinnear thinks that he's doing that, Uh, eh, you were her mercy contact, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. So it's like, because Jason Biggs has no clue about the black no, thing. Like he whatsoever. doesn't.
3: He realizes yeah. that Greg Kinnear is a piece of shit. So what does he do?
4: I don't even think he realized, <laughs> I don't know, I don't think he realized it at that point. Because at that point, Greg Kinnear's like, we'll work it out, we'll work it out, go away. Because he doesn't realize how much of a piece of shit he is until later in his... In well, his life. I think he really. So, what is he He
3: buys flowers and gives them to her from him? Oh, this is from Professor Alcott. she's been uh, in his bed for a couple of days. She gets up. Here's flowers. They go on a hat montage. It's like uh, he's got this Elmer Fudd hat that he's been wearing through the whole movie which looks fucking ridiculous.
4: Yeah. The, the the douchebags make a joke about the guys from Fargo having a yard sale but that actually is very accurate. It is an accurate hat, hat and
3: it's a stupid looking hat.
4: It's the. It, it would make sense if it was like snowing yeah. outside but he wears it indoors all the time.
3: This is something a hipster would wear today. Yes, <laughs> to, be to be ironic. ironic. <laughs> so she's like, oh, uh, Oh, uh, you know, ew, yeah, that's a be- yeah, let's get you a new hat.
4: They go to the lost and found and start trying right. on strangers' hats. So the and plus okay, so the lost and found was like way too big. It had shelves. It was almost like a little like consignment store. Um, they find a new hat for Jason Biggs. The new hat is not an improvement. It's a different it's kind a of It's a different kind
3: hat. of douchey hat.
4: It's like it's not a fedora, but it's it, like there's a
3: name for it and I can't think of it, but
4: <laughs> Yeah. It's like if you flattened a fedora and it was like like a stiffer. It's, if you kind if of you thing. it looks. Look
3: up Buster Keaton, and it was it was like a a, yeah. a, a pork pie hat. I believe it might have been called
4: something, something like, that. like that. Either it's not a fedora, but it's something in that area. But it's either way, it is not no. an improvement. This did not help. <laughs> he just looks dumb in a different. They go way. back to the
3: vets, and the cat is giving birth, mm-hmm. and somehow I guess by working there. Oh my god! This. Jason Biggs knows how to cut a cat out of its membrane? A
4: kitten? Yeah, they... they li- so, yeah, the one kitten was, like, in the middle of the floor, which also seemed unlikely. And, yeah, and, like, literally doing, like, feline surgery on this tiny kitten. And then Mina Suvari doing the worst overacting ever. Because Jason Biggs like, okay, here, hold this. Put on the gloves. We don't want the mom to, like, smell us, because then she'll not she'll reject the baby. Okay, careful. And then Mina is going, oh, no! oh, oh! Oh, oh, don't hurt it. Oh, oh my gosh. And like, that sounded ridiculous, but that is exactly what she was doing. Like, it was ridiculously overacting.
3: The kitten's okay, thanks to Dr. Paul. And then we see she goes on another job montage. A lot of montages in this Mm -hmm. movie.
4: So then we cut to Jason Biggs in class and his teacher is Andrea Martin. Uh, and this is the most upsetting one because when I saw Andrea Martin I, I like practically wept for, at the injustice that she has to live with this on her IMDb well, page. Well,
3: uh, truth be told she has two lines? I
4: don't even know why that scene was there. She could have been the financial aid officer Could have been. she
3: could have been the well the home. actually the woman the homeless woman did a good job talking on the phone. Well she starts knocking and okay and here's another thing he's on scholarship mm. he has to get yes. good grades she knocks on the yes. door during class and he gets Gets up and he leaves, and she lets him. Oh, I
4: know. Yeah. Well. That, well. Like it's college, so their their teachers aren't going to be like you can't leave yet. Your class isn't over because like you're in college, you do what you want, right. but it's at your own risk. But yeah, the fact that he goes is is that yeah, the fact that Subari interrupts him, knowing he's on scholarship, and then he leaves. Knowing he's on scholarship, that doesn't check out at all.
3: She's got a job. She's going to grow eggs. And then they're going to harvest her eggs and give them to the people. A there surrogate mother. She's going to... They're going gonna...
4: to... I don't even... I don't even, Yeah, I don't even think it's going to be a surrogate. I think she's literally just gonna, They're gonna, just going like, to... They're
3: going to take gonna her, her eggs. Take her and, eggs. And take her yeah. eggs and implant them in a woman who whose eggs don't
4: yeah. work. Yeah, or like fertilize uh, yeah. them somewhere else and then implant them. It, it's it's a, basically... It's like, a, it's like a medical thing. Like, this is a legit... Like, there's surgery of some sort involved and she's got to now take hormones and stuff and it's like
3: very sketchy Yeah. so she asks him out and
4: he's yeah because she wants to celebrate because now she's got a job
3: he's like I only got $30 and she's like don't worry about it so you think she's going to pay for things no Mm -hmm. they go to they go to a museum they start Mm -hmm. looking at paintings
4: Mm -hmm. she's a student member so they They, get in for free so that's fine that's
3: fine then they're like are you hungry Mm -hmm. yes so she she steals bread Jean Valjean Uh, and there's a place that serves free coffee.
4: It's like some little, like, in Central Park, like, one of those little carts where it's, like, if you if you get free refills, so she, like, takes two cups out of the trash, yes. basically. And it's like, here we go, cups.
3: He is on scholarship. If he gets
4: caught stealing, he's going to lose his scholarship. That didn't even occur to me, but yeah, probably. They're like, do you want to go to a Broadway play? It's a musical. It has songs. It's a musical. This was this was like driven into me in high school. My theater teacher It's like, "It's a play. If there's no singing, if they're singing, it's a musical. Don't call okay. it right. a play." All right, they're going anyway, to a Broadway musical. And this is the this is the continuity error that infuriates me to no end. I made a TikTok video about this. I tried to give the podcast a, uh, a shout out, but you're not on TikTok. But. This editor. It was
3: cabaret, but it was intermission. Mm -hmm. So everybody's out smoking, and apparently people leave during intermission after spending a bunch load of money on Broadway tickets.
4: Yeah. Oh oh no, that's that's legit because like there are times where like rich people who go to see shows because they're rich, they can afford to go to whatever, and they're they're not feeling whatever there it is. And I I can definitely see some like rich hoity toity being. People being like, "Oh, we'll go see Cabaret." It's like it's the hot new show to see, and then sit through the first act and go, "Oh, this is way too risque for my taste," and then leave the second half. Um, so I, I believe that. And then second, second acting is a, is a thing people do or did. It's not. It's not nice. It's basically you are sneak. You are blending in with the people at intermission to then go into the theater. You find an empty seat. And then just watch the second. So half that's what of the they
3: show. did. They sneak in. So I, it's supposed to be cute, but any goodwill you're, you're building up for Dora, you're losing it right there.
4: I think they're trying to go for like she's like a street savvy, but kind she's of, not. They, we set I that up not, earlier. I'm not arguing. We set that up earlier. I'm just saying not. Yeah, this is what they're aiming for. They just missed. So, so here's the thing that drives me absolutely insane about this scene. So they are sneaking into the second half of cabaret. They go into the theater and they're sitting at, and like I've been to, I went to see Cabaret in the late 90s. So like I know exactly how this is set up. So like the front half of like the, normally it's like the orchestra seats. The front half of the theater is little tables. There's like little tables and there's like two or three seats at the table. Uh, and that's like the prime real estate for for seats. And then like the second half of the orchestra is normal seats. And there's, I think there might be a mezzanine. Um, so not only do they find empty seats at a table, which is unlikely, but it's like right up front. But the thing that makes me crazy, they go into the second half of Cabaret and the song that is being sung is Vilkemin, which is the opening number of Cabaret. This song is sung first in the whole show and the first act. There is no reality in which they go to the second half of the show and see this performance. That always makes me lose my mind. I don't know why, but I just—it just. Well, makes me uh, Jason Biggs lost stream. his
3: mind because he could have
4: not have been more no.
3: enthralled by this. Like Which it's the fair, first time. If it's, if it's
4: your first Broadway musical, it probably was. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it, was, it
3: was. But
4: and and then like there's this moment where he's like his mouth is literally open. He's like, "Oh my god, it's glorious!" And like I get that. That's very sweet because I love Broadway. And then Mina Suvari looks over at him, looking amazed, and she has this look of like. Aww, he's like a genuine person. And so you get that little sense of like, maybe there's something there. This is also like an hour in to the movie. So it's like, this is establishing the connection so fucking late of this the pacing of this movie is terrible
3: they go back (laughs) to his place and she's gonna go home he's like no stay here one night I'll go get a pizza and rent a movie with the $30 that I didn't spend tonight oh that's true that's true and you can just stay here for one more night we'll just sit and chill in don't you mean chill out we can chill in chill out whatever either Either one one. whichever you prefer
4: mildly mildly amusing amusing.
3: (laughs) and he goes out and he gets a pizza and then he rents a movie from David Spade
4: excuse me what's up Hi,
0: uh, okay, uh, of, the, of these two, which would, which would be good for me and, and uh, you, you know, if I was watching alone with a girl. Yeah, there you go. When Harry met Sally, could you maintain a rod and watch Billy Crystal at the same time? Nah, don't feel bad, no one can. The piano, I don't know. Full frontal on Harvey Keitel. Not good. No, that dude's 90% wiener. Really? Yeah, even on the small screen, that's going to hurt you. Here's your winner. Simon Birch. About a little goofy kid with problems. Can't go wrong, you look like a stud. And, uh, this is, this is sexy, good
3: for the girl. Yeah, works for me. Again, too
4: good to be in this movie. This scene
3: was okay. With David Spade,
4: this is one of the better scenes, but that's also not saying. Much. No,
3: and in my mind, it's like he's going to come back and she's going to be gone. She's not gone, but mm. in close. But so he's trying to rent well, a movie. But, he's trying okay. to rent. It. It's like, oh, should I rent this one? To put her in the mood. And David Spade's like, nah. You, you know, yeah. You want to rent this? It's about this. it'll put her in the mood. Yeah, okay.
4: But but Simon Birch is not a sexy mm. romantic movie. Simon Birch is like, oh. No, 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 no. Don't be trying to, like, set the mood to Simon Burge. That's, like, you get on lists for doing that.
3: Well, he comes back home. A running gag through the movie is, uh, Lucy, I'm home. Or, honey, I'm home.
4: Honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. And he's like,
3: boy, it feels good
4: to say that to a real person. And Greg Kinnear's is there, there. But how the fuck no do you know? No idea. Unless she
3: called him. No idea.
4: I mean, maybe, but I don't... They, I I guess she could have because he like supposedly sent the flowers but but, but no because she doesn't have a cell phone and, and like it, it doesn't seem like there's, there's a phone There's no at reason there, he should event, be there
3: so. but he is there
4: no. Again, convenient, convenient writing. writing. And she's yeah. all
3: excited. Oh, we're actually going to move in. It's all going to yeah. be good now. I'm going to be one of the top. I'm going to be one of the ones. lucky ones. What's that? You know, people who are actually in love. Heart
4: shattering, million pieces. Have fun.
3: And then, because the next scene, there's him just looking sad and they're playing si- Simon and Garfunkel. Scarb- Scarb Scarbo Fair. Fair. This is the only part of the movie that I like. I love that song. It's like, that's a great song. Oh, yeah. It
4: was like the most depressing scene. Two good, f- I love all of Simon yeah. and Garfunkel but like this song was just did not it did not fit this movie like everything was so 90s 2000s and then this song suddenly was like ah, very it's very jarring but so we had the sad montage he's he's being sad he's in the library looking up these hormone shots that she has to get for the egg harvesting thing and it's like and Netscape Navigator is what he's searching with, which I was like, ah, remember that. And then apparently, like, the hormone shots are dangerous, which is, like, mm, Yes, shocking. because
3: uh, she runs into him in a coffee shop, and she has a cell phone, because now basically yeah. she's Greg Kinnear's
4: mate. Yeah. Because
3: she's running errands for it. But she thinks they they're think, in a yeah, of they that's what she just, thinks, yeah. but they're not. And it's, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna yeah. drop a bombshell, which she hardly mm-hmm. reacts to later. Oh, and he's like, Oh, I typed these out before you take those hormones, they have th- these side effects, so look into it before you do anything and she's like, Oh, you did that for
4: me? Oh no, I mean I was looking stuff up for for a class, yeah. I just happened to, you know, since SAP other, I just print it for you. SAP! Well, that that I that I'll allow because that he is genuinely concerned about her well being. So that was like, I want to make sure you don't accidentally die from these shots.
3: He's, or a, he's a sap. Um,
4: he yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I also allow the fact that he's concerned about
3: her. We now we're at we're at his house, and she's looking out the window, and she says something, and he says, "Why do you have to talk? I was just sitting there admiring how beautiful you were, not talking."
4: This is Greg Caner. This is this Greg Caner. Kinnear. Kinnear. back at yes. Greg Caner's house. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, which is the most obnoxious This is the most obnoxious
3: scene in the movie.
4: He's like just the most gaslighty nagging kind and of he, person. Just like, oh you
3: He basically says, Well, since I'm paying for you anyway, you might as well live here. And she's like, What are you yeah. talking about? These four guys are blackmailing me. And at this point he still thinks Paul is one of the blackmailers.
4: While this is going on, giving her the most pretentious tea order, like, oh get me a cup of tea, plunge the tea bag four to six times, two teaspoons of sugar, like evenly smooth in a, in a cup with a saucer and not a mug mo- like the most ridiculous counterclockwise hand me the handle and she's, she's doing it and she's, she's doing, doing it. it
3: so this is I don't know to whether, I don't know to give the movie points or not points for this
4: probably probably not points but let's hear it
3: so she thinks that Paul is blackmailing yeah. where is the scene where she confronts right. Paul and he's like no I didn't do it where is that scene right I mean if if you're going to do a movie by the numbers, that's a number that should be in here where she could, you know, yes. so you're, oh, so all this time you were being nice to me, you're actually
4: blackmailing my boyfriend. He's like, no, no, I'm not black. Whatever. drinking face. Know. Yeah. 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 The, I mean... We, well, we had to we had to make room for so much other good content because the next content is
3: one. the three douchebags approach Dora and it's like we've got a scheme. Why don't you seduce professors? That way,
4: we can all get A's. Well, oh, and they said we'll get fake IDs to show that we're seventeen. So this time, it's actually a felon. And she she doesn't tell him off. Well, she, well, she's sort. She thinks she does. She's like, you're unbelievable, and then walks away. And they're like, she's in. We got it. We, this is this is gonna work. So they're. Just douchey and also stupid. One of the douchebags runs in the
3: hall in a library or something, and he shows him these date rape. He's like, "We're going to have another fundraiser, yeah. and you know, and here are the date rape." And so Paul surreptitiously grabs the date rape drugs from this guy. Well, he,
4: I think that's two different scenes because he's like showing them the drugs. He's like, "Oh, put it away. We don't want to get busted." And he's like, "Oh, thanks for looking out for me." But then, like he goes to the door no, no, and like, no. to, like pick up so, books.
3: He no, he does. He does take them from him at that moment, and he looks. Oh, is it like?
4: Oh, is it the same thing with the grandpa where he does like the bait switch thing? Yes. Aha, uh-huh, There's a reason we saw that with grandpa.
3: And he takes them, and he looks at them. Then he goes to the store, and if you're an employee, this is the. I'm it's looking this. for white pills in a silver container. It could
4: be anything. Yeah. How would you? How would you know immediately? Oh, well, we've got these. He's like, oh, I need this I need some with no writing yeah. on them. These have writing. Oh, okay. Well then. He eventually these, then buys ginkga like, Baloba. Yeah. Oh I love the, the the one good this might be the best line in the whole movie. Uh what is it gonna do? Is it gonna does it does it do anything? Not really. Might make you smarter. Right, <laughs> like was, right, like, yeah, or might line. make you
3: concentrate more. Something like that, but
4: something like that.
3: So then so he takes all this ginkga baloba, he goes back to the mm-hmm. dorm room, and then switches right. the date rate drugs. With the right. ginkgo biloba. And once yeah. again, I'm like, okay, now he's going to get busted with the ginkgo biloba. He's going to get busted with the date rape drug. That would have mm. been interesting. No, yeah. he just throws him away. He throws him away.
4: But also, I'm like, why did you not...
3: Why did call you not the report? You
4: call the school? Why did you not report? Right, are like, hey, hey, campus police, hey, you know, actual police... These guys have literal date rape drugs. Go to their room right now. Search the room. You will find them. Or Problem it's solved. like, like I don't understand. understand. I'll, I'll bring them out. Something like that. But but give me a wire. I'll wear, I'll wear a wire. wire. Yeah. I don't know. So like that also infuriated me because like he was, and he was trying to like be the good guy by like taking away the date rape drugs, but he's not, but they're still not facing sc- consequences <laughs> and there's. They're just going to go out and do it again. So, like, they're not... That doesn't stop them No, anymore. you don't. You're,
3: you're this time. You're solving a symptom, but not the whole thing. Right. Well, then he goes to Greg Kinnear's office.
4: That is... is, is, is this is when he finally gets it. Uh,
3: another, t- another student walks out of his office, and he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it now. Uh, another, another female, female student. student. And Jason... They, so they go into his office, now that it's empty, because at first he wouldn't let him in. Then this female student walks out. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, why don't we... And Greg Kinnear has this look like what are you going to do? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> says she really likes you. Greg Kinnear could not care less. He's like, "Look, you've got
4: your no, look, you've not. got your deal." And he's like, "No, no, I don't want your deal. I don't want anything from you." Oh, he he like takes he takes the final and he puts it on the paper. Oh, so that's right. Yes, like, that's what he go. does. And Jason, yeah, and just Big's like, "What what says? Like, it's the final exam. Oh, it's take home for you it is." And, he's, and he still doesn't get it. He's like, "What do you mean?" "Well, I have to like you have to do something to make me give you an A. So here we go. It's a take home exam And now, now he finally is getting the what's happening.
3: <laughs> he said, I don't give a fuck what you think. Ew, my my purse. purse. And he's like, are you going to tell him, are you going to say anything about what's her name? No. And so this is like, so you're just going to let this woman that you love continue with this douchebag.
4: Yeah, because cause he's like, are you going to tell the school... About uh, about my relationship with Dora. No, will you gonna tell Dora about this other woman? No. No. So you're just like having a moral stand. Yeah, I guess I am. All right. Well, you're dumb. Like I don't. I don't having a mo- I, no. I, I don't. don't I
3: what... I love the moral stand. I love that. But it, it's like it's not. It's if if it other
4: people are getting hurt. Yeah, it doesn't help anyone. Like you might feel like your integrity is at risk if you, like, rat on somebody, but it's still, like... No, no, he doesn't want to hurt your feelings. That's it. But in the long run, you're doing more harm than good. Right. Right. So he thinks he's having a moral stand and protecting her, but he's not. Again, he's, like, he's helping very, very briefly in the present whilst making it worse for the future. So then, so, so he leaves, um... And then uh, the, and he, like, tells off the professor, and then he goes to the library, and now douchebag number three is like, what the fuck? No, no, you they have, to have, figured the, out they have swapped. to have
3: the party first.
4: Oh, that's right. Oh, they have the party. Okay, so they have another- They have another
3: party. stupid fun party, raiser. and then fun fun they realize fundraiser. that all the women are, are th- none of them are fucked up. They're all studying, actually. They're all
4: doing reports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one, one of them walks out, like, literally in just a bathrobe and nothing else. I feel like they're in a yeah, bar. Yeah, there's a-, a there's, bar there's bar a this one? I guess they weren't at the
3: vet because there was a bouncer there and he's like, "Dude, put yeah, on some clothes or else you're out of here." Well, they wouldn't they wouldn't have yeah. hired a bouncer at their own party. So, yeah, I think they're at a bar. No, yeah. They're they're it's not clear. A lot of things are not clear in this. Yeah. And they're all pissed that none of the women are, you know, sloppy drugged. How, How dare, dare these women be conscious? be conscious and not have sex with us?
4: This movie is so so yeah. bad. These people are Terrible! Because
3: then we have a minor scene. Greg Kinnear is in bed with Dora, and he's like, "You know what? I'm taking mm. you to Thanksgiving to meet my parents." And she is and all like, excited.
4: Oh, She's all excited. You're going to introduce me to your parents? And oh, he goes, "Well, sweetie.
3: technically, I'm going to tell him my girlfriend's out of town, and you're my
4: student teacher." Which again makes zero sense. Like, why? Why any of that? Because it needs to set up the next scene coming down. Because there's no, there's no, there's no other reason for that. Any of that is necessary. so then. Then the douchebags are back at their then the their du- dorm, douchebags are back at their
3: dorm and then they realize somebody switched our date rate drugs.
4: And this this is also when it's like fully confirmed. Douchebag number three is an actual douchebag because he's in on it because he's like someone switched our stash, so he one hundred percent knew yeah. about the roofies too. Because there was something earlier when Jason Biggs was like, "Oh, she just had beer," and he was and she doesn't doing drugs. Like, oh, there weren't drugs in our party. Absolutely not. We we just served beer, so. Now we know one hundred percent bullshit. He was on the roofy thing.
3: So he confronts him, and 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 yeah. all of a sudden, Jason Biggs turns into Jason Bourne.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, douchebag. Like throws a punch, and Jason Biggs. Uh Easily, like, ducks it, and then the douchebag accidentally, like, punches a random guy walking yeah. by, and Jason Biggs is like, oh, my God, are you okay? And then, again, like, sees him the next punch coming, and ducks it, does, like, a side punch and kind yeah. of knocks him down. It's like, yeah, take that. And then goes to get the, the other guy. The random guy just walked by, like, "Are oh, you okay? Let's get you some ice, yeah. and then they walk off.
3: Jason Biggs is on the phone. He's talking to Dan. So, we do get another scene with Dan Aykroyd. Yep.
4: We're back, back to Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's talking on the phone, and just by happenstance, Dora is coming the other way.
4: This is the one I wrote down where it's like, "What amazing yes. timing!" Wow.
3: She sees him, and then she hears him just say, "Oh, I really miss her."
4: I don't think she knew I liked yeah. her like so that. So
3: earlier, and but oh. at this point, she still thinks that he's in on the blackmail, right? But so right. earlier in the movie, there was a scene where. Jason Biggs got his a term paper bag, and it was graded by Greg Kinnear, mm. and he got a B-minus, and he goes, trite, trite. writing. This is yeah. trite writing. This <laughs> is trite writing. Right
4: here. He, hit, Greg Kinnear handed back the script. Yes. <laughs> this is, you cannot get more trite than that. But then the one, like, the line that Dan Eckbert said, because Dan Eckbert is, again, one of, like, the better... yeah few decent characters in this and says something that I'm like, oh, this is very true. He says like, ah, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm, I was bound to have my heart broken at, at some point. And then Dan Aykroyd says, well, at your age you're going to have your heart broken no matter what yeah. city you're in. And Because he like, wants to come home. He wants
3: reason. to come home.
4: Right, yes. Maybe I should just come home. Yeah. I'm not cut out for the big city.
3: Since he's going to take her to Thanksgiving, we've, he's yeah. got to buy her clothes. Because he makes some derogatory comment about what clothes she wears which is yeah, fine exactly. which is fine if he was just fucking her but oh I can't you can't wear that when you meet my parents
4: and then it's like an awkward montage of like
3: yeah and he's hitting clothing, and clothing. the woman trying he's trying on a suit and this woman is a, it's Italian are they speaking Italian Italian so
4: he's yeah. he's yeah. hitting
3: on her in Italian right in front of her
4: being so smarmy and pretentious like oh ciao let's see grazie oh. and he's like got this uh, He Greg Kinnear does smarmy so well <laughs>
3: This drove me crazy. It's. Oh. So, <sighs> for no reason, Paul gets brought up and he's like, Paul? Why? He's not part of the scheme. He didn't want an A. He wanted to earn his grade. He wasn't. It was like, uh, the,
4: this just came out of nowhere. This. Yes, they're talking very loudly about blackmail in the middle of the Yes! School. Trike 2, back in the <laughs> habit. <laughs> sister activity. I've
3: never seen happening. either one
4: <laughs>
3: If only Jane had recorded word god. The... This speech comes out of nowhere clearing
4: Jason Biggs. Oh, you mean he wasn't blackmailing you. Finally clicks. Yeah, she, ding. Oh. And she's she's in this ridiculous outfit. It's like I want to say it's like a gray plaid skirt bright red blazer thing that looks like fox hunting. like he, And he makes a crack like, we're going to my dinner. My my pants for dinner, not fox hunting. And she 100% looks like she's dressed for that. But Greg Kinnear picked out these clothes for her. Like, this was his selection. So she's sitting there, and this was, this shot would have been interesting if they had done it differently, because I get what they were going for. So she's sitting and um, like, a little ottoman behind. So Greg, Greg is like, on the little pedestal in one of those three-way uh mirrors where you, you could see all the angles of your you're trying on clothes and she's sitting behind that so she's sitting there and she's like getting like oh oh paul was the one good one the whole time i see and the Greg Kinnear does this thing where he like takes the mirror on the left and adjusts it to see his butt better and then like looking and then pushes it back and she's gone and that would have been cool except it was just so forced the way that he like did the little maneuver like i wish someone had like walked through the shot with, like, a cart or, like, one of those cl- uh, wardrobe things or, like, someone crossed and that's when she just, like, it would have been a cool fact if they'd done it differently. Yeah, or she's in
3: the dressing room and Jason Biggs comes in and that's how she finds out. But just, why would you announce that out of nowhere?
4: I feel like there was, oh, I know what it was. he was It was, uh, they were trying stuff, out he was like, oh, I had a real scare earlier. Paul, like, wouldn't take his test or something like that. So he brought it up. Yeah, but why? Why? Oh, I don't... Oh, for no reason. Just you would not bring movie. that That's up. Because cool. we have to wrap this shit up. Yeah, we gotta wrap <laughs> this shit up. Like, so she leaves.
3: She leaves. She goes back to Jason. So this is infuriating as well. is gonna give him a B. Which means his grade point average is going to drop. He's going to lose his scholarship. Mm-hmm. No, she goes. I just came here to warn you that he's going to give you a B. And he's like, I know that, but I can drop his class and take another. What the fuck? Then
4: all oh, that was for nothing. And, like I don't even, I don't even know if they would have let him drop this late in the semester because it seemed like this, like the final exam. That's the final. Like there's a, it's been a while since I've been in college, but when you're in college, there's a point as to which you can drop a class. I think it's like once you've passed the midterm, you're you're in. So. That all this buildup where he has to
3: keep his grades up, and it's like, oh, well, no, I can drop it and take an elective. Well, what the fuck?
4: Remember those steaks we They're had?
3: They're gone. <sniffs> Done. Foodoo. And they end up together. It's all bullshit.
4: Well, well, well. so she shows up to warn him, but she also has a pizza and a movie, because she's like, we didn't get to have a pizza and a movie, so I brought one. And also, you cut your hair for the last minute and a half of the movie. So now his hair looks like his hair usually looks like the short, slightly curly I don't know why you couldn't have normal hair for the entire thing. I don't know why he had the Crispin Glover haircut for like ninety nine percent of Maybe the Maybe
3: it was because all the douchebags had the same haircut, and now he's distinguishing hey. himself. I know that's probably too deep for this movie.
4: I one hundred percent guarantee you that's too deep for them. So 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 now it's like he's she's got the pieces like oh but you're like but you're with you're with Greg Kinnear. No, I'm not anymore. Oh, okay. Well, you can't. You can't just show up here looking cute with the pizza in your video if, 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 if what? If you don't mean it. And then it's like, all right, kiss on the cheek.
1: Uh,
0: what's with the pizza? Oh, I realized that we never actually got around to watching that video that you rented, so I, I got another one, and I figured I might as well get a pizza just
1: in case you were hungry.
0: Look, Dora. Okay, I, I can't just go around watching movies, and eating pizza with you. N- not that I don't want to, it's just that there's... You know, there's... other stuff. And I know you're thinking well, but what about our stuff? And, and you're right, I, I miss it a lot, but... But I know that Professor Alcott is your boyfriend. And to tell you the truth, I really don't like him. Not that... Not that that has anything to do with how I feel about you, Except you that, it, oh, it it has a lot to do with how I feel about you. So that's why I can't have any pizza. Maybe I should try that again.
1: Paul, he's not my boyfriend anymore.
0: But I thought you want to be one of those lucky people.
1: I do. Don't you?
0: Look, Dory, you can't waltz in here with your videos and, and looking all cute and... and unless, un- unless... Unless... What? Unless you mean
3: it. What that was, was that? was the most awkward kissing scene I've ever seen in my life.
4: But like, he, but he goes to her like, kind of like scoffing like, what was that? And she's like, a kiss. And then he, and apparently Jason Biggs found his game in the last 10 seconds of the movie because he's just like, you call that a kiss? He's the anti samson then, like,
3: He gets his power when he gets his hair cut. <laughs>
4: Apparently, yes, because then like he's like, oh, you call that a kiss and like gives her this look and she's like, oh, and then they kiss and and then I this must have been because it was a weird YouTube thing, because I swear to God, there were two songs on top
3: yeah. of each other. Okay. So did you watch it on YouTube? Have you yes. seen it before?
4: Yes. It's been a while, but yes, I have seen it before.
3: Here's how it, it ends with them kissing, but so on YouTube, there was no, no script on. Oh, the like, um, like the animal. The animal house, house. Are you, like, here's so they, they are here's what they
4: end it like animal yes, house. Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
3: And it's like, okay. so all three of the douchebag, you, you can't end it like animal house. You want to see. These people get their comeuppance, and just reading about it, one oh, one right. loses okay. his hair now, and now he can't get women because he's bald and he has no personality. One is hired yeah, that's why. by a company to be their fall guy, so okay. Yes, one yes. is trying no. a new date rate drug on its date rate date rate date rape drug on himself and he's blown oh his God. mind
4: oh okay and then Was that the last yeah and then great Kinnear I forgot I forgot
3: about all and then great Kinnear goes to jail because he had sex with a minor shocking that's how you end your movie with text rolling and professor Alcott went did three to five years for having sex with a minor and that's the and then it goes into the credits you cannot, you want to see all these douchebags. Get gets what's, yeah. what's coming to them. You
4: don't want to read about it. I So I so when I was watching on YouTube and I was, and it sounded like there was like two, it was a weird editing thing. Um, it sounded like there are two songs over, but they have like the slow-mo kind of um, like clip from previously in the movie where they have like the, the douchebag one, douchebag two, douchebag three, Greg Kinnear. And I forgot about the text. So I just assumed it was like the credit kind of thing and like the their name got clipped. I one hundred percent forgot about the summary of what happens to them later. And that's like a just dep- also just depressing, like, well now I'm literally leave this movie with a bad taste in my mouth. Like it's like mm, like not yeah. I mean it feels appropriate for this movie to end it like that. Just like
3: ugh. And that was Loser from two thousand. Oh, yeah, and of course, course Paul and Dora end up together.
4: I mean, yeah, they end it with the yeah. guests before we have lives for
3: So and and yeah. uh, this is this is just an ugly, awful movie. It's
4: it's terrible. So
3: Amy Heckerling said that this was supposed to be a rated R movie, and the reason it didn't do well is because it was PG-13. And I cannot see... Yeah, that's why. And I why. cannot see this doing better as unless you actually sh- sh- see the rate... In this movie,
4: uh, that's the only thing I could think of as to like how it would have been our... or more it, or, or, or more profanity like the... or,
3: or grosser comedy.
4: Ma- maybe that's what it was. maybe it was like there was the one fuck because I think that was the only fuck. Yes, movie, it was. Like Jason Biggs said fuck at the very end, but like that wouldn't have helped. No, no, that this was a, this was a
3: badly put together movie, and I like I this said, I've enjoyed movie. her movies. It was directed okay, but it was the, it was just a horrible. Horrible script.
4: Oh yeah, the script was one hundred percent the issue. Like, like as far as a movie, it goes, looked like a
3: movie. It yeah, was,
4: it looked like a movie. They had some like actual movie things happen. Like that one scene with the with the timing, I was like, okay, I like that. The acting was perfectly fine, except for the two lead characters. But yeah, there was just the script was just terrible. The story was terrible. And the and the characters were terrible. I don't know. Did she did she write it too, or someone? No, else wrote she wrote it? it. She wrote it and directed it. Oh, yeah.
3: God. Yeah. Okay. She has nobody to blame but herself.
4: I'm trying to think of like a way that we could have saved this movie because I almost I feel like there was this... there was something she was trying to say and missed it by a mile. She's
3: trying to say that all men suck. It's a very anti male movie. I, I can't talk about from a woman's point of view about men, but I can. So you're going to alienate half your audience if that's the movie you want to make. That's fine, but you're going to alienate half your audience if every single man in this movie is a douchebag. At no. one point, I was just getting tired of watching. I'm just tired of one man after another just being a horrible person.
4: I think I think that's the problem. It's not is not that like that we have the douchebag characters because there are plenty of good movies with like terrible characters. But it's, yes. I think of the fact that literally every single male, specifically character, but then also most of the women were also just everyone was just terrible across. There's just there's nothing to hold on to. The, the two tender
3: scenes were between Dan Aykroyd and Jason Biggs. That's less than five minutes of screen time. I, I didn't like the fact that Jason Biggs never stood up for himself. I didn't like the fact that Dora uh, she didn't stand up. Uh, if you're a good person, you don't stand up for yourself. It's
4: well, that they' they're both very intelligent because we see clearly that he, Jason Biggs is very intelligent because he got into unnamed New York school on a scholarship. So he's very smart. We know Mina Suvari is also in this school putting herself through it because she's working and she can read people very well because she's very observant in what she sees. So she's very smart, but they're both so dumb socially. Like that, I just don't, I get it more for J.C. Biggs because he's from Hicksville. So he like doesn't know how people are, but Dora is like She's from from the area. area. She She knows that her mom's going
3: to star 69. Yeah. She should be, have more on the, she should have more on the ball.
4: Yeah, like I feel, I feel like maybe if she, she was more she, she, of a
3: douchebaggy character, and he was a more of a na, you know naive, and then like through the movie they sort of even each other out. She teaches him not to be so naive. He teaches her yeah. to maybe trust people a little to, more. Like he softens yeah. her up a
4: bit. Yeah, that would have been a bit more enjoyable. I feel like that movies. That I'm, yeah, that movie like does in exist. Various form. So I don't, don't mind movies
3: the by I the numbers.
4: I, I don't. Right.
3: If, if you do, do it well, well this we movie well. is just not yeah. done well. I mean, this
4: movie is full no. of cliches and it's painful this movie is painful to watch like it's just it just makes me hate everyone and I don't want to leave a movie hating people
3: the fact that they got together at the end didn't care at all
4: yeah I was yeah I don't I didn't even know who I was rooting for. Like, at some point, I'm just like, I just don't care. I wasn't rooting for it. I was rooting for the movie to end. <laughs> I, was, I was rooting for the
3: kittens. It's on YouTube. It's divided into 11, mm-hmm. 8 minutes. Yeah. So I just kept, okay, 8, 9, <laughs> ten. We're almost there. I, uh, we're almost there. And I'll admit, I, I was like, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I probably missed maybe 10 minutes of this movie. Just like, let's just move on.
4: <laughs> I promise you didn't miss anything important. Yeah. Just... Was someone awful? Yep. Okay, great. Got
3: it. Neither of us are gonna recommend this no. movie. It's on YouTube if you wanna watch it, but I cannot recommend this movie. Maybe find if you find a couple of scenes with Dan Aykroyd and Jason Biggs. Oh. Those are touching scenes. But, but, but... but like
4: but you could see touching scenes with Dan Aykroyd and like a numerous yeah. other things. Right. I, I also wonder, like I know this was this must have been just after American Pie and just, oh, you know what? And it was not 2000, so it was just after American Beauty. So Mina Suvari was, like, very hot from American Beauty. Jason Biggs is very hot from American Pie. But that doesn't mean that they work together and that this works. It was just a miss on many levels. Because I don't, I don't yeah. dislike... I like Mina Suvari more than I like Jason Biggs. I think Jason Biggs is very, very mediocre. But Mina Suvari I enjoy in most other things. At least enough to, like, be like, all right, she's in this. This is, don't see this movie.
3: The actors, Greg
4: Kinnear did a great job oh, being yeah. slimy. The He's, three douchebags were great
3: being being slimy. They're um,
4: excellent douchebags. Yeah. Greg Kinnear is very good at being a smarmy asshole.
3: Also, um, Dora didn't have a girlfriend
4: either. And that was, she didn't have anything. The closest like, was uh, was Twink, uh, what's her face from the, yeah, the, from the club. Yeah, the waitress. Yeah. Usually in a movie
3: like this, she has a girlfriend to bounce things off of. Yeah. And that just seemed odd too.
4: Shockingly, though, this movie does pass the Bechtel test. You wouldn't think it would be what? the Bechdel test? Not oh, you don't know what this is? is? Oh, okay. Um, Alison Bechdel, uh, the writer of Fun Home, and I think like, she has she's written comics back in the past, but she created this thing called the Bechdel test, which is a movie has to pass the Bechdel test. A movie has to have more than one woman female character in it. So it has to have at least two female uh, characters in it. They have to talk to each other. And they have to talk to each other about something other than a man. That's the only three things. And you'd be you'd be amazed at how many movies do not pass the Bechdel test. Surprisingly, this one does, which you, which yeah, is like very she, unexpected.
3: Yeah, she talks to the homeless woman about her mom, and she so, talks yeah. to the financial
4: aid officer about school, and she talks to the stripper friend about work. So, like, it it does do that. <sighs> Still not redeemed, but at least it's like, well, we got that going for us.
3: All right, Emmy, tell us where we can find you on social media. Oh, boy.
4: So I'm still on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. or uh, I have a TikTok now, so now my TikTok is mostly cat content and occasionally other random stuff. I do have a rant about the continuity errors of Loser and a couple of the movies. So um, Emmy at your service or at your service is the handle for most of those. Um, a sketch group, Suzzy Boston. We prefer the perform around Boston, suzzyboston.com. Perform with Comedy Sports Boston. Uh, at the Rossi Theater -theater RossiSquareTheater.com and then other than that I just stay home and avoid people because now I hate people more than I did before
3: well that's it I want to thank everybody for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast Emmy I want to thank you for bringing this to me (laughs) I'm sorry because thanks for making Joy leave my life (laughs) uh, having to watch this and we'll see everybody here next time on the Dan Aykroyd Podcast
4: To support this podcast,
3: please go to www.patreon.com slash scottwhite and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to
4: improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast.
1: scars.
2: in a Cross the Streams media podcast. Hello. Hey, Dad. Hey there, college boy. What's the matter? You sound a little blue. How's New York? Seems like this whole city is one big
0: orgy. And, and if you actually care about anyone, you're just some kind of chump.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go,
1: but it's cleaners.
2: Hello, can you hear me? Sounds like things are a little rocky with you and Dora.
0: No, it's it's not like that, Dad. I I don't even think she knew I liked her that way. It was just so much fun having her around, you know? I don't know. Maybe I should come home. I don't think I belong
2: here. Oh, man, at your age, you're going to get your heart broken no matter what city you live in. Yeah, yeah, I guess.
0: I just miss her.
1: They can't seriously expect us to swallow that tripe.
2: Now is a special treat courtesy of our friends at the meat council. Please help yourselves to this tripe.